It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio. But having like the experience of actually learning to love someone is pretty powerful. Because yeah, when you come from like your nuclear family, and then when you leave that, trying to start community elsewhere, you realize like, oh, we're very different. So like actually learning to love someone is, yeah, really profound. It's time for Morning Jolt with Sister Ignatia Henneberry from the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. Wake up! So, Sister, what percentage of your fellow sisters do you think, I won't say that you don't get along with some, but uh, <laughs> what percentage of them do you say, like, you really kind of click and you get each other and we're on the same wavelength and we're like buddies versus... We're buddies. Uh, we just live in community <laughs> together or we... Wow. Uh, we manage. We manage. <laughs> wow. We, uh, I mean, I feel like, I mean, a 95... Oh. I would think 95%. Okay. Or like, I mean... And uh, the only people that are coming to mind are like, I mean, manage is a pretty low threshold. Uh-huh. Let's be honest. Um, but tolerate, the, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and then the, perhaps the sister who might not remember what day it is. Okay. But the interaction that I have had with that sister is I'm like working the switchboard and she calls multiple times a day asking what day it is. Uh huh. I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, wait, okay. Now I want to hear about the switchboard. What is? Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> you, so the mother house is patching a, cables. From no. Oh, it's very high tech. Hello, we have buttons. Uh. We have buttons. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Oh, right. So we live in a very, very large house, and it's hard to find people when you need them. So uh-huh. we have one phone number. Okay. Disclaimer: If I give you the mother house phone number, I maybe want to talk to you, but maybe not. Okay. If I give you my cell phone number. Because I'm like, I use it for my ministry. Then like, yeah, yeah, we're friends. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um, so the switchboard is like, yeah, this big, uh, yeah, telephone. But then like a bunch of things connected to said telephone with a bunch of buttons on it with extensions uh-huh. on it. Okay. So the office that I work out of has an extension. Uh-huh. Anyway, we take turns. We have other young women that do work and work during the day at the switchboard to answer phone calls and direct phone calls, blah, blah, blah. But then some of the sisters take turns, answer the phone, you know, St. Francis Convent, how might I help you? Uh-huh. And then somebody needs to be like, can I talk to Sister Dwayne? I'm like, sure, let me find her. Uh-huh. And then, you know, you do overhead pages, which is fun. Okay. You know, paging Sister Dwayne. Uh-huh. <laughs> paging Sister Dwayne. So that was a pretty good, probably impersonation of what it might sound like yeah do you know say like attention sisters <laughs> we have a phone call <laughs> i'm just imagining like the the big box store like overhead paging and making announcements i know i sale in aisle five <laughs> or clean up in the in the rectory i haven't had the guts to do something quite like that i wish i would you know like <laughs> we have okay we have also used it because sisters some of the elderly sisters who have lost memory and that sort of thing uh-huh. sometimes just think that they need to go home, whatever that means to them, right. you know, and just like hightail it out of there. <laughs> so in order to alert other sisters to go find them, yeah, each sister has like a laundry number to keep your habit looks the same. So you have like a number oh, on the okay. back. Okay. So mine is 139. Uh-huh. One of our sisters has a number, you know, and we're like, could you please page code 84? 
we can't find sister, you know, whoever it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then everyone's on the lookout for the sister. Now, so I would you, say we have, have a, a very directory safe... to look at look it up for like the number? no like I we're at the switchboard. You're told like somebody calls me like hey, uh-huh. I can't find sister so and so. Can you please you know page this over the overhead? Yeah, pager. but if you page eighty four, does is everybody like who am I looking for eighty four? Oh, the sisters who are charged with looking for said sister. <laughs> no, okay. I'm just saying. Our, our mother house is a very safe place. Yeah. We don't often lose, we don't lose people. I'm just, but you know, we just try to keep everything as safe as possible. It's like your own Amber Alert system. <laughs> I never thought about it that way, but yes, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this leads Thanks into asking. the idea of community. And, oh, totally. Totally. Uh, you, you particularly have chosen a life of mm-hmm. living in community as a sister. And I think most religious sisters are compared to a priest, a diocesan priest mm-hmm. who wouldn't be guaranteed community living. Right. I mean, sometimes there'll be multiple priests, but sometimes the priest is on his own. Yeah. Obviously the parish is a community, but mm-hmm. not a 24 hour right. people that he's living with and eating with and things like that. Uh, religious life seems to be built around community, but also I think we're all called to be living in community. Yeah. Whether it be, with a family or not, still there's a broader community that mm-hmm. we're called to as Christians to be living in. And I think maybe recently we've seen the damage of isolation yeah. that it can cause to the human spirit, if you will, and actually have physical ramifications yeah. in addition to you know, just the, the mental health mm-hmm. of individuals when you don't have that community. Yeah, one, yeah, like being someone who might need a support system who's without the support system for whatever reason, then yeah, medical things progress beyond what's even like needed or the psychosomatic effects of depression and isolation, like how those like affect people. I always uh, tie it with like to like political life when the issue of socialized anything or medicine or whatever it might be kind of sidesteps the issue of like well do you know your neighbor Mm. do you know what they need like there is kind of like this element of providence at work affecting like who you come in contact with on a daily basis like those aren't accidents so just like the community that you're surrounded by implies some level of responsibility so yeah i think definitely the christian value of community can be i think yeah i don't know like if the word's like or like a spirituality that goes along with it that might mm-hmm. not be maybe as intuitive for people or well and I think one of the things that people bring up when talking about family and community is the trinity mm-hmm. being God living in community yeah that God the father God the son the love between them the Holy Spirit that God is not a single person mm-hmm. it's one God in three persons and in the same way that that's how love is lived out in community mm-hmm in God, so too we are to yeah. live in community with each other. It's a good thing, but it's a necessary thing. Yeah. So how does that work then with situations like uh, people that feel called to be hermits mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they seem to be living in isolation for some greater spiritual yeah. good? Uh, are they not called to live in community? Mm. Well, I think yeah, community doesn't always just have like a natural element to it. There is like a spiritual community. And also, especially like in our day and age, like a hermit can mean a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily just mean that someone is in that permanent isolated state mm-hmm. forever. Sometimes there's like 
periods of time of isolation from a physical community. So anyway, yeah, so like the term doesn't always just mean like they are like shut out from everyone forever. Okay. But that hermit is always responsible to their bishop. I'm not terribly familiar with that um, way of consecrated life, but Uh it is a consecrated way of life, um, which needs the approval of the church through your bishop. So like through that relationship of obedience, that implies community, that implies like a relationship. So like that element of relationship, but also you don't just go to try to be, feel called to be a hermit just to like get away from everyone. There's like a practical side of that of like, yes, I'm called to, be more dedicated to prayer and to Jesus and all of those things. But also like your consecration isn't just for you. It's for the whole church. So mm-hmm. yeah, at the end of our vow formula, we say something like that. I may fulfill my consecration in the service of God and the church. Hmm. So like my consecration has a purpose. So mm-hmm. the consecration of a hermit also has a purpose mm-hmm. for the church. And I've noticed like, especially in our diocese, I think Bishop Rhodes understands the value of having different forms of consecrated life mm-hmm in the service of the church. So they are supporting the spiritual life of the whole diocese through their consecration. So would it be seen as almost a spiritual community? Yeah. Yeah. That they're, they're still involved in the community, mm -hmm. but in prayer. Exactly. Okay. Like sharing of spiritual goods. We say that we we have that with like the community of saints who have already gone to heaven, but we also have a sharing of spiritual goods amongst ourselves too. So what are some ways that you think that being part of a religious community has benefited you? Oh, wow. Um, innumerable ways, um, both like in challenges, but also in like so many gifts. Like I think... Like if I could just oh yeah, say you could be living in the same place, but instead of it being one building with... What if you all had separate houses? <laughs> and you got together for prayer or meals and or whatever, but mostly you just kind of were on your own. What would be the difference? I would be very sad. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess like two sides of the coin of like one, the sadness and loneliness. I do need relationship and I do love my sisters. So then like one to either never have the opportunity to actually like grow in love mm-hmm. with them and get to know them because we aren't living together. <laughs> There's only so much that can happen in praying together and having a meal together. Okay. Life usually happens in the in-between time. <laughs> um, right. And then on the other side of like, who is ever going to push me outside of my comfort zone or prove to me that there's another way to do something hmm. that's not wrong, that is totally okay. Yeah. Who's ever going to make me think of someone else besides myself? Th- that they challenge you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for most of us that are not consecrated life, mm-hmm. uh, a, a brother, a sister, or a priest, we are either part of a family or living on our own. And I think part of the problem can be a voluntary isolation. Yes. Not, mm-hmm. not so intentional as a hermit, mm-hmm. you know, but it just kind of naturally happens that we become self-absorbed mm-hmm. and we work so hard, we come home, we just want to relax and we turn on the TV or get on the computer or phones or whatever. And we become more and more isolated. You know, kids come home and they go straight to the room and they close their door and they're not really engaged with the family. Mm -hmm. People eat at different times. You got sports and meetings and everything like that. And there may be very little community within the home, Mm -hmm. but then even less so going outside of the home. What would be some challenges that you have for people to, how can we, improve our 
communal activity? How can we mm. be a little less isolated? Yeah. Um, a book that I'm reading currently, it's called Boundaries. Um, hmm. And it came to mind, yeah, community life, even in a family, isn't just going to like happen. They talk about this like um, we have like a quota of time. So like talking over like with your spouse, like the husband and wife saying like, okay, we have this much time. I have these responsibilities or I have this hobby or whatever. Like, okay, how much time do we want to really allot to those things? How much time do we really want to allot to our family time? Mm -hmm. Because to just say like, well, the time that's left over is going to be my family time. Like, well, that's going to evaporate real quick. Um, So (laughs) then learning to say no to things. Right when it infringes on that time that you've said, this is important, I'm making it a priority, therefore mm-hmm. I'm going to say no to these other things. Um, yep. I think that has to be talked about like explicitly, especially in a family unit. I mean, that's how our horarium, horarium is a sacred schedule. <laughs> you said that word in my eyes. <laughs> like, horarium. <laughs> horarium is like okay. our. Okay. Horarium. Anyway, um, so like we have this time this happens, this time this happens. So that's how our community life is structured. Right. So maybe not so minutely for a family, but I think a certain kind of, yeah, intention can be made with time. Right. Putting in the big rocks before (laughs) the less important things. Yes. Yeah. Prioritizing. And then how about moving outside of the house? So you you built good community within the family or you're working on it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I suppose it's always a process. Yeah. But what can and should we be doing to become more community minded outside mm. the home? Um, I guess a couple of things are coming to mind. One, yeah, because a family, even though it might look sufficient unto itself, like a nuclear family, like it isn't, I think. Or, I mean, it's not like, yeah, wife, kids, children, we're good. We don't need anybody else. Like, I think that's might be a false kind of like American idea of like, mm-hmm. You know, that's the goal to have like like wife, kids, successful, doing well sort of thing. But like we're called for that to bear more fruit like mm-hmm. from that family. So I guess then the, like the next obvious level is like the parish and then the neighbors. Yeah, you're next to people for a reason. The Holy Spirit works in like the real situations of your life. Uh, yeah. I've seen like beautiful examples of like, especially like young families, either like at the university being a professor and like having an open, even on like an open door policy sometimes like at certain points or like having family get togethers where you invite your friends, your neighbors, but also like your college students mm-hmm. to like have time with your kids and seeing you maybe in like the mess of your family life, mm-hmm. but like welcoming them into that. Um, yeah. So through the parish, through local community, but then I think also then like in like a sense of service to a couple things that I did like as a family with my own family growing up. My mom didn't like hide her work at the crisis pregnancy center. Mm-hmm. I remember like going with her to bring this young mother and a couple kids to like a few appointments and like seeing firsthand like what their life was like. Yeah. And like loving this kid who was like probably five years younger than me. But like, you know, I don't remember how old he was, but yeah, just seeing it for real, mm-hmm. you know, and then seeing my mom, what, her service looked like yeah um so like that and then we worked at a hospice home too i never felt like guilted into doing something it was always like my mom and i went or my brother and my dad went uh-huh. yeah so i think that's important to experience together um yeah. yeah something i've been thinking about lately is the fact that i don't know 30 50 years ago mm-hmm. longer you would have 
larger families, mm-hmm. uh, more years between the oldest and the youngest. But then also you usually stayed in the same town as <laughs> yeah. your family. So the oldest gets the experience of helping raise mm-hmm. the youngest, maybe changing diapers and yeah. babysitting and feeding, whatever. I, I remember as, what is it, uh, 12 years between myself and my youngest brother. Mm. I remember kind of being excited about feeding him. Can I yeah. feed him? You know, Aww. can I feed him a bottle and all yeah. food and and kind of being a part of it? Obviously, I wasn't responsible enough to take care of him mm-hmm. as a baby, you know. But eventually, I could babysit for mm-hmm. my younger brother. And then you would have the youngest mm-hmm. might not have that experience, but by the time that they're getting older, yeah. they've got nieces and nephews, yeah. right? And you're all in the same area, mm-hmm. so they're babysitting mm-hmm. for brothers and mm-hmm. sisters, kids, and you just naturally grow up learning yeah. how to be a family yeah. from your family. And now as we have fewer kids, fewer mm-hmm. age gap between the oldest and youngest, and you move away from parents, grandparents, cousins, the kids grew up not experiencing how to be a parent, not how to take mm-hmm. care of kids and not mm-hmm. how to live with others you know, how to share a bedroom or, you know, all these different things. And I think that we suffer because of that. Yeah. And so if that's our situation, whether it be by choice mm-hmm. or by you, know, you just aren't able to have very many kids or yeah. whatever the situation would be, that we manufacture that community, that we mm-hmm. seek out the yeah. community that we've yeah. lost. Yeah. Uh, that was maybe a natural mm-hmm. way to have community, but now because of job Mm-hmm. switched around and you had no choice and now you're in a, an isolated environment yeah. that you work on mm-hmm. creating that community. I think like advocating for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that this is a legitimate need and it's not like, yeah, you're right. It's not like an evil thing that this, that yeah, that you didn't come from a family where this was just like the way of life. It's like, yeah. well, but maybe it would be good for you to experience that or helping raise kids, but also the experience of like a neighbor of ours, like growing up was, he was older. He lived alone, but he had a, like a snowplow. So he would like, you know, <laughs> plow out our street. Yeah. But then also like we would check on him, mm-hmm. you know, have dinners periodically. Um, even though when I was home, I got to see him before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So if you are in a, a young family, but don't have like that effect of generations, like, well, yeah, look around you. Like, right. where, yeah, where are those? Um, Can you adopt some grandparents yeah. or <laughs> adopt a niece and nephew yeah. or whatever to help build that up? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So you think community is good? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, okay. I advocate. I advocate for <laughs> um, community. Yeah. Is it easy? No. Okay. But having like the experience of actually learning to love someone is pretty powerful. Because, yeah, when you come from like your nuclear family, yeah, you have disagreements and arguments and you have to say you're sorry and those types of things. But you really have no concept of like what the effect of growing up in the same house has done to like you have a culture Mm -hmm. that you just take for granted and then when you leave that trying to start community elsewhere you realize like oh we're very different so like actually learning to love someone is yeah really profound so highly suggest and i think something you said earlier is it doesn't always come naturally and that it's something you have to seek out and i think even more so as we have social media and screens we can just go home and that's the easy thing to do is just mm-hmm. to get on your technology, watch a movie, relax, not yeah. have to think about something. It's a lot more work to clean up the house and invite some friends over and have a meal together. Yeah. But it's something that we need to be doing. Yes. Yeah.
Yes. Good reminder. Excellent. I, it, yeah. It's actually challenging me. So. Ooh. Uh, Dinner party at the Hyman's. Yep. Awesome. Yep. When are you available? <laughs> and all all the sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Bust them over. We're gonna do it. All right. Thank you, Sister Ignatia. Oh, thank you, Kyle. If you'd like to find a guest or topic that we've covered, go to kylehyman.com and use the search bar. It's free. And until next time, remember to leave room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs>